allergies will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here to talk about TV commercials today. Good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. Okay, everybody, look at the RV and smile. My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. So I told you earlier today that I wanted to do something kind of fun on the show today. Maybe, like, come up with a quiz for you or something like that. Not just do my usual, like, I don't know, lame idea. Right. But then I couldn't think of a quiz. Okay. I thought about it. Yeah. Then I thought some more. I didn't come up with anything. And then I thought about something else for a while. And then I came back to thinking about this. And I didn't have any ideas. Well, I took your I will work on the show sheet as a signal to me to go take a nap, which is what I did. Okay, so you didn't put together a show? I did not put together a but show. But I just told you that I couldn't think of yeah. an idea for a quiz. This may be, we may be finding out an unpleasant truth right now. You know, we should start having editorial meetings. No, here's what I ended up doing, Genevieve. <laughs> it is the truth that I wanted, wanted to know. Oh, there, that, that ended abruptly, that music. <laughs> I'm off to a great start. Um, I did want to put together a quiz, couldn't think of any ideas, so I stole a quiz. Good. Have you ever heard of Ad Week? I have heard of it. It's a publication that I think we can read about in, what, two or three articles a month before they lock us out? That's right. Or is that Ad Age? Or is that both of them? It's at least one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. We we do not pay for any uh, research on this show. Well, they they had a quiz that they posted online. I actually did pay for it in a way because I took the whole quiz to get all the answers. And at the end, it said, okay, in order to get your answers, you got to give us all of your personal information, email, name, contact company, uh, level in company, um, uh, title in company. Wow. Like, yes, and they were all like... But no credit card. It wasn't they, like you no, had to give your credit but card. But they were all red star required oh, fields. Wow. So yes. what, did you just make things up? No, no. I told them, you know, I, I figured, hey, if Adweek wants to know about after these messages, <laughs> oh, so the, I am the CEO and co-host and producer. So that was the company that you... <laughs> that is the company, That you told indeed. them we were from. Um, and they put together a quiz about classic commercials. So it's just straightforward, like multiple choice, classic commercials. But then I did a little research based on their answer. And uh, and found the audio of, of these old commercials, oh, and it, it was actually a lot of fun to put together. All uh, plagiarism aside, uh, I think we're gonna have a really good time with that. There's ten questions with one bonus question that I threw in myself. So you given it that old Andrew stank. Yeah, you uh, you know you you build you add it on. That's right. So um, all, like all great art. Look forward to that. Exactly. I consider myself kind of the Andy Warhol of podcasting. The Andrew Walsh Hall. That's exactly right. Uh, also, we will check in with the uh, with love from me to YouTube segment going back again to 1995. I have a, hmm, a curiously intense commercial for a steak restaurant that I'd like to play for you. Okay. It uh, it involves cowboys, so that's standard fare. But there's a couple of weird weird twists on it that I. I'd like your take on. And Genevieve, I am very excited for our ad council segment today because a very astute ad counselor saw, I think, a new commercial that's running now and recognized that it's a ripoff of a classic commercial from, I'm going to say, the early 80s that you and I unearthed and played on the show a long time ago. I wouldn't have even made the connection. But this ad counselor is like, wait a second, this Sunglasses Hut commercial, they're ripping something off and nobody else in her life is outraged over this the way she is. So she sent it to us. So I'm right, really great. looking forward to uh, to playing that for you. That that may be the best part of the show. But first, we got to get through this quiz. Does this Hall and Oates song speak to you, Genevieve? When I tell you I've got a quiz, and you're just like, I don't want to, I don't want to play those <laughs> guessing games. I'm always happy to play a guessing game when it means that I didn't have to produce the show. So I, I, I'll take it. Although the one sort of sticky point here is sometimes you you have something that I don't have, which is pride. Right. And sometimes when you're not What's winning, the opposite of shame. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm, less shame, <laughs> according to The Simpsons, who will play a role in this quiz coming up? Okay. By the way. 
Um, but again, this was an ad week. I believe it was a classic commercial quiz, although um, some of these, you know, they do get into the era of The Simpsons. So how classic can that be? Well, as I told a friend over dinner the other night when she said, what was that old show, Monk? And I was like, how <laughs> dare you? The old show. Old show. Old show. Excuse me. Contemporary. Old shows are shows that were made before I was born. And <laughs> yeah. new shows are shows that were made after I was born. How long do you think Monk has been out of production? <laughs> Decades. Honestly, you think so? Monk I mean, TV I bet. show years. Because <laughs> I think it, was, it, it ended in 2009. That's wow. actually not as early as I thought. So that's... 2002 to 2009. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so here is your Basically, first Basically, everything question. has to be told to me in Monk. Yeah. <laughs> um, when, was Schubert, when did Schubert's stuff come out? The only thing I don't like about Monk is that goddamn theme song. Yeah. Gary Newman. Not Gary Newman. What's his name? <laughs> Randy Newman. Randy Newman. And what is the song? I know it's not. I always get it confused. It's with, a jungle out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. How did you have that tape ready to go so quickly? That was amazing. That was. <laughs> Wow. All right. Um, are this your... is live to tape, folks. <laughs> this is your first. I mean, I'm just astounded by your <laughs> Gary Newman impression. <laughs> um, okay. So this is 10 questions with one bonus question that I tagged on to one of them. But we're going to start with this one. I think these go in chronological order. So this is the earliest one. What brand ran what is considered the first ever television ad? It was a 10-second spot broadcast during a 1941 baseball game between the Brooklyn Dodgers, <laughs> the, Brooklyn, the Dodgers, Brooklyn Dodgers, and the Philadelphia Phillies. And I'm just supposed to guess it? No, I got multiple choice. I was going to say, this, I can't believe Ad Week was like, just guess. Was it Lucky Strike Cigarettes? Okay. Belova Watches? You have a Belova Schaefer. Watch. Belova Watch. Oh, Yeah. I do. I'm wearing it right now. I didn't it's, know. Uh, I guess I could have figured it was an old brand, but I didn't really know how old it was. Yeah, it's 4:42 right now. If anybody wants to know, but it's probably later when you're hearing this. Uh, so was it Lucky Strike cigarettes, Belova watches, Schaefer beer, or Macy's? Who ran what is considered to be the very first TV commercial, which was a 10 second affair? Boy, I feel like Lucky Strike is kind of the like odds on favorite you know and of course mm -hmm. it feels it feels very old to say cigarettes uh cigarette ads on tv because we don't have them anymore they're not allowed um it feels though like a little bit like it's too obvious um Bolova is kind of interesting it feels feels like random to put it in there if it's not the right answer i'm gonna say Bolova watches you're gonna say Bolova watches yeah, my friend, you got that right. I got that wrong. I went with the um, the cigarettes. Yeah, because that's what I was saying. Like mm -hmm. the other three felt like brands that you associate with oldie times, and then Bulova seemed like a weird one to put in there as a red herring. So I found the commercial here. I think there's something somewhat interesting about the version that is all over the internet. But let me describe what you see. You just see. And again, it only ran for 10 seconds, and you just see a black background and then the image of the outline of the United States of America, mm -hmm. um, just the contiguous 48. Uh, in 1941. Probably, mm, no, we had all the states by then, right? 41? No, I thought H Hawaii was the last, right? Hawaii was the last. Alaska was the second. Alaska was the 49th. Yeah. Um, when did Hawaii become state i just skipped the article 59 so this is long before wow so this is 1941 and uh you know it was almost 1960 almost 20 years later before hawaii becomes a state so anyway you just see an outline of the united states which with a um with like a watch face superimposed on top of it right in the middle mm -hmm. the midwest or whatever uh and i think it had a ticking maybe it, it might have had a ticker on it and a, a a news voice would just come over and tell you the time but it says belova watches the thing that i think is somewhat interesting is there's a version of this ad that is all over the internet on youtube i'm going to play it for you here again you're mostly just going to hear sort of a silence and then you're going to hear a voice say belova watches listen to this America runs on Bulova time. 
first of all, I've been saying it wrong. If they're saying it right, bull of the time. Anything seem odd about that to you? Well, it sounds like a Dunkin' Donuts ad. Oh, America runs on Dunkin'. Yeah, that there's no way that that voice is actually from the original commercial. I think somebody overdubbed this, and like in the modern era, they tried to make it sound old. According to what I read, a voiceover would come in and tell you what actual time it is. It was actually like a time check, but it was, had Bulova. And then there was, but there must have been some kind of brand. Um, like well, visually reference. it says Bulova. Yeah, but like, don't you think they would say like it the time the time yeah, is Bulova time is something? But like America runs on Bulova time. I guarantee. I I guess I can't guarantee you, but I just know how things sound well enough, having okay. been in radio a long time. Listen to this again. This is def. I feel I, I I keep saying things like definitely and guarantee, but I guess I don't have a way of proving it. But this is somebody who recorded this in the modern era and then added sort of a tinny effect to make it sound like an old-timey radio voice. America runs on Bulova time. It's too clean. I have stuff from the 90s that sounds, sounds worse rougher. than that. Yeah. I trust you. I can't hear. It wouldn't have jumped out to me or I wouldn't have been able to sort of um, notice that it didn't sound quite right. But I, I do believe that you have uh, a lot more experience and better instincts about that. I also found several articles about it, and I'm quoting here from something that said, uh, it showed a watch face with the second hand ticking and on top of an outline of the United States while a voiceover read the time. Bolova paid $9 for the spot, Genevieve, $4 for air fees plus $5 for station fees. What do you think that is in today's dollars? Yeah. I did the math on this. Uh, let's see, this is a 41 $9. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, probably not, not, not that much. It's not like what it would cost to air it today. Right. It's still a good deal. It's still a really good deal. Maybe, um, $500. $186. Okay. So, so $9 and $1941 is $186 today. Okay. So Bolivar was founded in 1875 wow. by Bohemian immigrant Joseph Bolivar. Before you got me this watch, I don't think I'd heard of the brand. Really? I had heard yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was question number one. You got it right. I'd gotten it wrong, for whatever that's worth. Um, now, question number two. Inventor and infomercial... Whoa. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> Inventor and infomercial pioneer... Batman-mobile. <laughs> Batman-mobile. Ron Popeil ran his company's first TV ad in 1956 for which product? Now, I have a little bit of a quibble with this that I'll explain later. Okay. But I think that... This is 51. This is, clear, this is 1956. Okay. His company's Hawaii, first still TV not a U.S. Ad. state. Exactly. Still an independent exactly. kingdom. Um, what was the product? The very first product advertised. Slap Chop, Chopomatic. <laughs> ShamWow or Super Bassomatic 76? Um, I'm going to say Chopomatic. Do you remember the Super Bassomatic 76? I think that the um That's the, a joke, the right? quiz writers are yeah. having a little they're fun having, here. They're having a laugh. That was a that was, was a an SNL. SNL sketch exactly. Um although there was a I believe Vegematic was a huge one, but yes. that's on this list. But, but Bassomatic yeah. was not really. No, and also the Pocket Fisherman was a real one. It yeah. was almost like a combination of the Pocket Fisherman. Pocket and Fisherman was, correct me if I'm wrong, just a game that you played, or you was know, it, or was it sure. actually was it actually a fishing aid? I thought it was actually like a small portable. Can Radar? you look that up? Yeah, I'll look it up. I thought it was actually a small portable fishing pole, but maybe I'm wrong about that. I because I did some research on this today, and I saw um, pictures of it. It looked like a tiny little plastic. I stand corrected. Plastic. A handheld folding rod and reel preloaded in with a fishing line. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's what it looked like to me. So that's Bronco. interesting. So, um, which are you choosing? Slap chop, chopomatic, shamwow, or bassomatic? Chopomatic. You're going with chopomatic. Yep. Genevieve, I am going to play for you the tape, and it should tell you whether or not you are correct. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to show you the greatest kitchen appliance ever made. It's called Shopomatic. Woo! The secret of this remarkable machine is every time I tap on the knob, the blades rotate automatically. That's what makes Chopomatic so amazing. It's fully a the slap next chop. Time that you bake mm -hmm. a cake, it is. Or if you're going to make some I knew it wasn't candy, slap chop because I remember when slap chop was a new brand. But all all slap chop is is Chopomatic. Takes only seconds to add that fine richness and flavor to all your desserts. For chopping celery, place your celery under the container. A few taps, your chopping chores are over, and your celery is finely chopped. 
For those delicious potato pancakes, place your potatoes under the machine. A few taps, a few seconds. Those potato pancakes won't fall apart. They won't be tasteless or rubbery as when you grate them. And just look how fine these potatoes are. Now, folks, I'll show you the crowning feature of this marvelous new machine. For now, you can chop three or four whole onions at one time. Here's where your chopomatic will save the day for both your hands and your eyes. You chop those onions so fine, all your onions chop to perfection without shedding a single tear. For that delicious California health salad, we're going to use... I'm letting this play. This is a full four minutes. We won't play the whole thing, but there's one line in here that I think is hilarious about coleslaw. Now, I'm going to place all these vegetables under the machine at one time. A few taps, and down and around those six stainless steel chopping blades go, always safe and sure. Pour some salad dressing over the top. It not only looks appetizing, but it's equally delicious. Everyone likes coleslaw, everyone that is except Mother. The reason she doesn't like it, because she's the one that's got to make it on that <laughs> old trailer. <laughs> oh, good old-fashioned sexism. Uh, I did read that these commercials started off as four minutes, but then as a television continued to evolve... Um, they had to cut them down to two minutes, and it, and, the, and Ron Popeil did not invent this sort of like um, demonstration on TV format. Apparently, the um, famous uh, "I Love Lucy" parody of this kind of commercial aired before Ron Popeil ever did his thing. So the, he didn't invent this format, okay. But he did get his background on the streets, hawking wares as a young man. Interesting. Um, and it, was he an inventor? Like, did he or did he like find people who invented things and license and like market them? I believe he ends up creating Ronco, where they create their own products. But this is where I think Adweek, if I can take them to task a little bit. Now I am plagiarizing their quiz, so maybe I should go easy here. But I feel like this is misleading. It says inventor and infomercial pioneer Ron Popeil ran his ran his company's first TV ad in 1956 for the Chopomatic. That's not entirely true. This was not his company yet, and this was not his invention. This was his dad's invention. His dad and his dad's brother, I want to say, started their own company where they invented things like the Chopomatic and the Vegematic, and then Ron Popel would go on TV and hawk them for uh -huh. them. Um, and then, I think it was about eight years later in 1964, he started his own company to compete with them, and that's where Ron Ronco comes around. Oh, he does. It's not an extension, but a competition. With, yeah, he with created. Yeah, that's my understanding of the evolution of him. He, he and another business partner started their own company and started creating things like the Pocket Fisherman and and what have you. So the Chopomatic, not actually a Ron Popeil joint, actually a Sam Popeil joint. Sam Popeil. Take a note. Ad week. Yeah. This is how we quiz. It's back checking. Look That's into right. it. That's right. Now, Ad week, I'm going to need to know your address, your email address, <laughs> your position in your company, your position in the company, and whether or not <laughs> you have a bigger audience than our podcast. In Tootsie Pops, how, wait, did you get that one right? I sure you did. did. So that's two, right? Yeah. That's two right. Is there a chance you can get an 11 out of 10 no, on this quiz? There's no possible way. In Tootsie Pops, how many licks add? How many licks does it take the wise old owl to uh, be? Okay, I read this the wrong way. Uh, in Tootsie Pops, how many licks add? How many licks does wise old owl take before giving in and crunching down on the candy? Can I answer it thusly? A one, a two. Mm -hmm. A three crunch. <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess I could give you a bell for that. I will even. It was five, fourteen, seven, or three. You are correct. It is three. This commercial is from nineteen seventy. Yep. So how somehow we all remember this though? Like even though it must have just they must have just run it for decades. Yeah. Right. Yes, it was a nineteen seventy commercial. I think we and they just it was one of those famous commercials yeah. that they'd roll out. Um, the version I saw usually growing up wasn't the full version. He just talked to a turtle, and then the turtle said, I don't know, talk to the owl. There's a whole bunch of animals. But there's several, and I believe it yeah. starts with a cow. I'm going to play the first one for you here, um, and I want you to see if you can recognize the voice of the fox. This is your bonus question, okay? okay? Mr. Cow. Yes? How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? I don't know. I always end up biting. Ask Mr. Fox, for he's much cleverer than I. Mr. Fox, 
how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? I forgot that the fox is wearing sunglasses and thus sort of looks like a jazz man. Yeah. Why don't you ask Mr. Turtle, for he's been around a lot longer than I. Is that Peter Lorre? No. <laughs> I'd bite. I thought it was Peter Lorre, too, but Who it's is not. It? I'll tell you later. Mr. Turtle. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? Why, he never made it without biting. Ask Mr. Owl, for he is the wisest of us all. Mr. Owl, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? A good question. Let's find out. One, two, three, three. If there's anything I can't stand, it's a smart owl. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? The world, we never know. What a brilliant ad campaign. Yep. Brilliant ad campaign because you couldn't not think of it when you were having a Tootsie Pop. I am going... How long can I wait to get to, to actually just get in there? Would you take a Tootsie Pop over a gum-centered in a, lollipop? In a New York minute. When I was a kid, I loved the gum-centered lollipops. And mm. if, it, if it was a no. Tootsie Pop, I it was second tier to me. Abs- I feel exactly the opposite. Um, the, the gum... What were the gum ones called? Uh... Uh, Bubble pop, maybe something or, like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the gum ones were okay. But I would always rather have a Tootsie Roll than a piece of gum. For me, the Tootsie Roll would disappear too quickly, whereas the gum would last an afternoon. I also didn't love the feeling of the of the lollipop shard mm-hmm. still being in the gum for a while. I think I did, but either way, it's a very it's a very specific memory, isn't it? That feeling of, yeah. of chewing. Chewing it until it would smooth out. Sort yeah, of. true. Yeah. Also, the gum was terrible. Oh, yeah, of course. Sure. Um, okay, so I'm going to play this Fox for you again. You don't have to name the actor. I don't think you would know the voice actor, but if well, you look offended, maybe you would. I didn't recognize the name, but I'm wondering. And by the way, this is really tough. This yeah. is why they call if it. If it's not Peter Laurie, I have no idea. It sounds like he's doing Peter Laurie. Okay, but just try this. Try this. You don't have to name the actor, but maybe try to think of another his most famous character from a cartoon okay and okay. it doesn't i'm gonna give you a hint it doesn't sound like this this peter lorry voice it's a different voice altogether right. why don't you ask mr turtle for he's been around a lot longer than i me i'd bite yeah so that definitely sounds like that's the peter lorry thing but it's not peter lorry this is a guess and it's just a random shot mm-hmm. in the dark gargamel it is not gargamel it is oh, I'm this, guy. this guy. I'm still Matris, Boris. No time like the president, Natasha. Look, we're coming to tunnels. Boris Badenov. <laughs> it's Boris Badenov, exactly. So I will turn your screen away from you so that you can now engage. So you did not get the bonus question. However, you have gotten three for three. Pretty good. Um, the mains, yes. So here we go with the next question here. I'm staying ahead of the kitch- pitch count anyway. <laughs> exactly. you got to dominate the zone. Before <laughs> dominating the zone. <laughs> Before Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble got into the children's vitamin game, mm-hmm. they hawked which brand of cigarette? Do oh, you want? Shit. Do you want the choices? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I think I might have known this without the choices. Marlboro? Winston, Paul Mall, or Kent? Oh gosh, um, it's just going to be an abs- It's going to be a one out of four chance for me here. I'll say uh, Paul Mall. You're going to start with Paul Mall, or you're going to guess Paul Mall? Here, I will play this for you. This begins with Barney and Fred watching their respective wives do chores. I believe Betty is mowing the lawn, and what is the other one's name? Wilma? Wilma, yes. She's like, oh, I might have these two confused. Who's married to whom? Wilma's married to Fred. Okay, well, I believe Wilma's mowing the lawn in this commercial, and you will see uh, Betty, I believe, like pounding a carpet to get the dirt out of it or something like that while the boys watch on. The funny thing is she's using some sort of animal that's eating the grass to mow the lawn. Right. It's not a it's not very, like a gas powered Right. Well it's very consistent with the technology of the Flintstones. Indeed. They sure work hard, don't they, Bonnie? Yeah. I hate to see them work so hard. Yeah, me too. Um let's go around back where we can't see them. <laughs> Gee, we ought to do something, Fred. 
Okay. How's about taking a nap? Hey, I got a better idea. Let's take a Winston break. That's it. Winston is the one filter cigarette that delivers flavor 20 times a pack. Winston's got that filter blend. Yeah, Fred. Filter blend makes the big taste difference, and only Winston has it up front where it counts. Here, ahead of the pure white filter. Winston packs rich tobaccos specially selected and specially processed for good flavor in filter smoking. Yeah, Barney, Winston tastes good like a cigarette chug. Now at the end, I think Wilma gave him a mop. And... Yeah, the Betty, Betty and Wilma leave their leave the the tools of chores in front of the men to get started. But I believe we can all agree on two things. Number one, that was a very pleasant sound on the ears. Right. And secondly, it was Winston cigarettes. I got that Genevieve, one wrong. So you did get one. It wrong. is still appalling to see children's characters selling cigarettes. I mean, it feels so transgressive. You know, that's how far we've come. Now, there was something I wanted to say about this. This is 1960, so you, 70 years you ago. You teed this no, up perfectly six, for me. 63 years ago. Because I would like to point out that these were not children's characters. It was a family-friendly show so kids could be in the room, but the target audience were not children. Right, this was the was honeymooners. Adult, and it was, it was not like... It was, I believe, primetime television for adults. It Is was that not, true? Yes. Okay. It was, it was, I believe, I mean, I'm not a, you know, I can't guarantee you the time slot, but this wasn't like a Saturday morning cartoon or, or whenever kids watched it back then. It was by the time we were watching yeah, it. Yeah, right. The reruns or whatever sure. would be in the, but it was, a, I believe it was a primetime cartoon aimed at adult audiences. I don't think I had realized that, you know, we obviously think of adult animation now as like a whole genre mm -hmm. and there's plenty of it. Um but I didn't realize that the Flintstones was ever marketed in that way. I always thought it was like a funny show for kids. Nope. Nope. It was for adults. Okay. I mean, I always knew it was, you know, a, it was a, re it's a retread of the Honeymooners, obviously. Right. And then some, I saw some commenters um, pointing out that like, basically this is Peter Griffin, too. Fred yeah. Flintstone is basically Peter Griffin. No kidding. Okay. Here's another one. Which musical commercial from the 1970s had people calling radio stations begging them to play the song? Was it Chevy's Like a Rock? Coca-Cola's I'd Like to Buy the World a Coke, Oscar Mayer's My Baloney Has a First Name, or Pepsi's Pepsi Generation. This is the 1970s. People are calling radio stations Genevieve and begging, begging. The, the DJs to I play the song. the Coke one? You're going to say the Coke one? Yeah. Uh, I am going to give you a bell, and I'm going to tell you some dazzling details about this. And this was the final episode of Mad Men, right? Exactly. Yeah. It was Don that's, Draper. That's who, why I thought it might be that Don one. Draper wrote the song himself, <laughs> exactly. famously. Um, no, apparently this, um, don't, don't look ahead. Nope. This, uh, <laughs> sorry, this song originated as a song called True Love and Apple Pie by a British so a, a pair of British songwriters, Roger Cook and Roger Greenway. Everybody was named Roger back then. Yeah. And it was sung by somebody named Susan Shirley. Have you ever heard the original of this? And it doesn't even say, I'd like to teach the world to sing. It has nothing to do. I thought it would be like, oh, they take out the Coke line. No, the original didn't even have the, I'd like to teach the world to sing. Listen to this. Susan Shirley, True Love and Apple Pie. Kind of. Her stage presence is upsetting, I would say. <laughs> I can't tell if it's upsetting or if she's a cutie patootie. No, uh, it's the former. You don't think she's a cutie patootie? I do not. Really? She's like... I'm she, on the bubble with she's this. She's so like cutesy-wootsy with the faces and the in the over-the-top mm -hmm. like like little uh, winky-winks to the camera. It's like it makes my skin crawl. 
we're watching this. It's almost like a, an early, maybe not an early version if this is late 60s. No, it's almost like a, a bandstand set up, colorized, like she's on a soundstage somewhere. There's like yeah. young people of the time dancing around and clapping their she's hands. She's got like a big maxi swing. dress she's on. She's got a big maxi dress on. Um, anyway, that's the original song. I'll play for you the Coke version. You can you can uh, keep looking at the screen okay. there, Jenny. I didn't want to look, look at the uh, show sheet by accident. No, I appreciate that. But this is a, um, I, I forget so I how. I always thought I'd like to teach the world to sing was at least in the original lyric. It's so weird it's that it's not. not. I know, right? Yeah. Doesn't it feel like Berenstein Bear? Yes. Kind of. Like, I do wait, think we've all, this is a Mandela all for, effect. We've all forgotten. I also forgot how well produced this commercial is, the Coke version yeah. with them, and, and how it begins so gently. So when people are calling up radio stations and begging to hear a song, are they trying to hear the original True Love and Apple Pie? Or I'm guessing, what? I don't know, but I'm guessing the Coke version. Yeah. I'm guessing that the Coke version became super popular. Right. And I do think it became a radio jingle. And then, because I believe the, they turned it into a Coke jingle. Mm-hmm. They hired like the Seekers or some, not the Seekers, something like that to make the radio version of it. And then they got the Hilltop Singers. They okay. gathered a bunch of people and they called them the Hilltop Singers to sing it upon a hill in Germany. I want to say oh, it says weird. it in text at the end of this commercial. I'd like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow apple trees and honeybees and snow white turtle doves. I like to teach the world to sing, sing with me. It is really beautifully shot. They do a lot of shots from kind of like underneath the singers so they're framed by the bright yeah. blue sky and the green and, and it's an incredibly you know of course it's racially incredibly diverse mm-hmm. and national you know nationalities uh indicated uh, are incredibly diverse and but everybody is young and beautiful everyone's young too. and beautiful but like we forget what a honestly like surprising look that would have been i mean we people who look like this didn't get to be on tv very yeah, much back exactly. then then it says, on a hilltop in Italy, I said, Germany, oh, okay. we assembled young people well, from all the over Axis the world. Well, they're both in the Axis powers. <laughs> so anyway, then it says, it's the real thing, Coke. Um, it's also funny to see, like, you know, they have all these beautiful shots down at, at, at ground level. And again, they frame it very well. And again, all the people are it's very beautiful. a great beautiful. drone shot. But then they, yes, exactly. Then instead of drones, because they didn't have drones back then, <laughs> they have this really shaky helicopter yeah. shot as it gets as it, to kind of capture everybody. And it, it's almost like it's not worth it because it kind of shows like, oh, it's not that big of a group of people, actually. It, it looks, it doesn't do the effect much favor, actually, by yeah. going. I mean, there's probably hundreds of people down there. But, but it just, from, yeah, yeah, from 300 feet up, it's not that impressive. Truly a beautiful commercial, though. I mean, it was, I mean, there's, there's a reason that they ended Mad Men with that image, right? Yeah, like, exactly. And also very smart, too, as as the, I had some qualms the with the Mad of the 70s. Men, but yeah, like, and that that seems like such a 60s vibe to me, but of course, it's very, very early 70s. It's 1970, right? Is that what yeah. I said? Um, and so it's like, it's all of the, all all of the, the fashion and everything is locked in at this point. The, right. the hippy-dippy stuff is like, it, it is very locked all in. All the things that were prototypes in the 60s and that were being developed in the 60s crystallized at the beginning of the 70s and were already almost in being parodied by the early 70s, you know? Right, right. Um, oops, I made a mistake here with that audio in the background. I would just ignore that if I were you. Don't worry about I it, everybody. Worry about Don't it. worry about what's going on behind the curtain. <laughs> okay, I have another uh, question for you here. So I've um, four out of five so far, right? You, thank you for the update there. I will give you another check mark. You've gotten four out of five, and um, you did miss the bonus question, which is kind of embarrassing. What? What TV catchphrase did Walter Mondale borrow during his 1984 presidential oh boy. campaign? I mean, I remember the Mondale campaign. Where's the beef? The choice of a new generation. Be all that you can be or give me a break. <laughs> I wish it was give me a break. What give is, me a break. I'm guessing that what I wish give it me a like, break. Reagan, give me a break. Mondale ran against... Um, uh, ran against Reagan in his second term, yes. But this is the Democratic... He's um, a Democratic nominee. Nominee, but this is the Democratic debate, and so he says it not to Reagan, but he says it 
Oh yeah, no, because Reagan is Republican, so mm-hmm. yeah, so so he's not a he part of this. He says it to all. another Democrat. He says it to uh, is it Gary Hart? Yeah, Gary ha- Gary Hart would have been 1984, right? Uh, that makes sense, and I guess this was pre monkey business. Um, let's you know, the see monkey here. business is the boat that uh, ended Gary Hart's political. Yes, fortunes. so this is yeah, this is. I just wanted to double check that. Yeah, it is Gary Hart that he says this to. Okay, so tell me my choices again. So your choices, what did he say to Gary Hart? Where's the beef, the choice of a new generation, be all that you can be, or give me a break? I was going to guess choice of a new generation, but I don't think he would say that to Gary Hart. I realize that I've so kind of blown this. You yeah. blew it. I and blew it. And where's the beef? Because I guessed, given the context of the original question, I guessed uh, not choice of a new generation, but is that the one you... you yeah, I, I guess choice of the new generation too, but nope. I knew it wasn't. What was the one? Because you wouldn't say that. I told you that it happened on the debate stage, yeah. which was kind of a mistake on my part. Take a listen to this. But I think there is a fundamental difference, for example, between Vice President Mondale and myself. That is, I think we can we can meet the basic human needs and commitments of the people of this country by restoring entrepreneurship. Ninety percent of the new jobs in this society have come from small businesses. And I think the, the dedication of the Democratic Party to minority people in the South and elsewhere shouldn't just be jobs. It should be the opportunity to own and operate businesses that create jobs. Mr. Glenn, can I respond to that? Well, we'll, get, we'll come back to you. What's Let some new, of the others. What's new about coming out for entrepreneurs? You know, when well, I when I hear when I hear what when I hear to do that, when I hear your new ideas, I'm reminded of that ad. Where's the beef? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you love the fact that like he had that in his pocket, right? Yeah, his writers right and, and he started to say it and they wanted to talk over him, but he's like, No, I've started this. I have to get I, this I'm out. On, I've got to get this out because I gotta get this out. I can't make, do it later than when it won't seem as uh, organic. Right, yeah. exactly. And that's when Gary Hart said, Well, that, I'm the choice of a new generation. Yeah. And then somebody else said, Well, I, I can be all that you can be. What? And no, that was that the fourth happen. one that made me laugh. Give me a break. Give me a break. And then Mel Carter came out and said, Give me a break. <laughs> um, you know what's funny? As soon as I realized, as soon as you said debate, I was like, oh, of course, this was the this was the line from the debate that was in all of the papers the next day. Mm-hmm. Yes, of and, course. You know, though, and there's he all had to get it out. He had to get it yeah. out there. Yeah. OK, this one, I think, is. I'll just say it diabolical. Although that might be a bit of a clue right there. <laughs> The director of Apple's legendary 1984 Super Bowl ad, and we know that of one. Right? I'm not even going to play it. It's yeah. the it's the famous. It's like the, the hammer the, through the, the screen. Ha- exactly. 1984. 94. Okay. The Could've... director of that ad mm-hmm. also directed which of these films? Okay. Aliens, Thelma and Louise, The Shining, or Raging Bull? Alien. Oh no no wait I stand corrected. Do you? Because I don't. Because Aliens. You said aliens? Aliens, Thelma and Louise, The Shining, or Raging Bull. And it's not alien. Aliens, Thelma and Louise, The Shining, or Raging Bull. Okay, The Shining. I'm afraid you are incorrect. I should break out the buzzer for that. But you were right to not fall into the trap I fell into. I thought it was Ridley Scott. It was Ridley Scott who directed Thelma and Louise. Oh, fuck! <laughs> he did not direct Aliens. How did I not know that? James Cameron I know did ja- Aliens. I know. That's why I stopped yes, you and, you were, and you were very smart about things. I, I was like, oh, yeah, it was Ridley Scott. He did, no, he did he, Alien, yeah, um, and then James, James Cameron, Cameron did, did aliens. aliens. I know that. And like I had the back no idea. That, did you know that Ridley Scott no. did Thelma and Louise? How, which is so weird to me. Like, I've seen that movie multiple times. I've, I've never I've, seen I've, it. I feel like I'm conversant with Ridley Scott's oeuvre, but I... Um, you Okay. Yeah. Sound like you made a weird noise there. I'm okay there. there. Um, I over-indexed on the French accent. Uh, I, but I just, and then I was like, well, I must be crazy and it must be um, Kubrick. And I must just be, oh. I must just be conflating Kubrick you could and Ridley see, Scott. Yeah, you could see Kubrick doing that commercial very much. And you could see Kubrick doing yeah. it. But no, that no, makes me Ridley so Scott. mad that I knew it was Ridley Scott, but I yeah. didn't know the other half of the Diabolical, question. right? Diabolical. I got to give Adweek credit yeah, for credit, that. Credit yeah. to Adweek. Which of the following brands did not have an ad featuring characters from The Simpsons? Okay. So The Simpsons were in all of these but one. But one, all right. Which one? Toyota, Kit Kat, Burger King, or Coca-Cola. Oh shit. I was going to 
Kit Kat feels like the outlier there because I know they did Butterfinger, but is Kit Kat and Butterfinger, are they like the same candy company and they both had the license? I'm guessing I'm going to say Kit Kat on the theory that they're trying to confuse me and it's not Butterfinger. You're going to say Kit Kat? Yeah. All right. You are right. I guessed the same for whatever that's worth because I was like, no, I mean, famously Butterfinger. The thing that I thought was confusing was like Toyota? I have no memory of that. Burger I want to, I want to hear the- I, Coca-Cola? Burger... I didn't remember any of those. I don't remember those. any of those. Yeah. Okay. You can uh, turn the screen. Um, I'm going to play for you one of these Toyota commercials, although they were in several. In this one- <laughs> There's you... a real Toyota yeah. in the Simpsons cartoon it's, yeah. driveway. So it's all cartoon except for a real car situation there and uh, Homer and Bart are washing it. Let's shine a new car, boy. Congratulations, Homer. You got yourself a dandy, deedly doodly car. Introducing the roomier, more powerful Toyota Corolla. Pretty jealous, eh, Flanders? Well, just a smidgly widgly. <laughs> now with a standard driver's side airbag and more value than ever. But you know, Homer, I kind of prefer my new car, eh? Oh, yeah? What kind of car do you have? Surprise, neighbor. I just bought a new Corolla wagon. <laughs> the all-new Corolla by Toyota. A welcome addition to any family. Uh, Bart Simpson, who's a bit of a scamp, uh, has Bart put Thompson. has put a uh, has put a kink in the hose, and the the water has been building up, and then he lets go of it at the end. And his father, right when he's getting mad at the neighbor for having the same car as him, uh, ends up getting water all over his face as well. Uh, he does not choke out his son though, so that shows progress. Yeah, uh, they stopped King. that after a while, right? Because it was it was so. Um... It, it, violent? Oh, it was so violent. And yeah, and it was like such a terrible message. Yeah. Um, here's a Burger King one. They were in a lot of Burger King ones. Uh, I found a little roundup on YouTube here spanning 1990 to 2007. Uh, in a lot of like, oh, buy this special like kids meal and get a Simpsons toy. Mm -hmm. And I think this one that I'm going to play for you is focused on like kind of the Treehouse of Horror Halloween yeah. thing. The Burger King was the only brand in that where I was like, yeah, that rings a faint bell. So I think they're also advertising here like slushy style drinks with black raspberry or something okay. and the kids are up in the tree house and they they're call all them dressed squishies, up right in uh, uh, in springfield oh do they i think so um in this one the kids are upstairs in their tree house and they're all dressed up on halloween as various things then homer climbs up the ladder and he's dressed up as an astronaut and he's getting he's trying to get his hands on one of those squishies Hey, hey, it's your old pal, Krusty. Hey, you know what? That's not the commercial that I set up. That's a different commercial. <laughs> I, that, that is a commercial that I just described. Well, let's watch this one. But this is a different one in the montage that I found online, and I thought this was interesting because it uh, had Krusty in it. So let's take a listen to this. Hey, hey, it's your old pal, Krusty. I know some of you might be tempted by the Burger King to eat his flame-broiled Whopper instead of my deep-fried with love crusty burger. All I can say is, please, I'm behind on seven alimonies. I'm wearing paper bags for shoes. <laughs> Don't buy the Whopper. <laughs> At the very end, we see the sort of modern, it's an animated version of the modern king. Yeah, the who creepy king. The creepy king of that era of Burger King commercials. And then uh, Krusty punches him out and then advertises. He pulls down a, a thing that says, buy the Krusty Burger. Um, didn't you do and a then whole the, And then the, then the creepy king gets up and punches Yeah, he cold Krusty. cracks him. Yeah. yeah. Didn't you do a whole show on commercials that say don't buy our product yeah. as as a kind of joke i thought that was a pretty interesting twist on it yeah yeah it's uh it, yeah they, like the dread like don't buy don't buy our competitors product or don't buy the product that they're advertising but it's the competitor talking right yeah. yeah uh and they do a good job here even though it's fully animated of creating a very tasty looking whopper burger and a very disgusting looking oh, uh, that, crusty the crusty burger. burger is vile looking so those were Toyota and those were Burger King. And here is a Coca-Cola one. I can't, I'm not even going to set the, oh yeah, I, I do have to set this one up. This was from Super Bowl 44. Um, and there's going to be a lot of narration here, but it's a callback to something that we've already talked about for some reason. So this is like kind of one of those long epic uh, commercials that you'd see during the Super Bowl. And it begins with Kent Brockman, I believe, or no, is Kent Brockman... No, it's a That's different not newscaster. Kent Brockman. This yeah. is just some 
Generic. Yeah, why wouldn't they use Ken Brockman, I wonder? Who knows? Maybe they couldn't get the voice actor for that for some reason. Maybe. But you see him announcing that uh, billionaire Mr. Burns has lost his fortune. And then we see all these movers moving all of the riches out of his mansion. And Mr. Burns looks really sad. And so he goes for a walk in the park. And then you see all these people really, like all the people from this, the Simpsons verse, right, hanging out in the park and enjoying their day. And then Apu walks by with a bunch of... Uh, bottles of Coke and gives one to Mr. Burns so he can enjoy his day too. But you might recognize the music that is playing in the park. <laughs> Another billionaire is broke. C. Montgomery Burns has lost his entire fortune, estimated at three billion. They're selling off all this stuff and moving it out of the house. Including Smithers. His mansion is being airlifted away. He's sadly walking through the park. Recognize the music? Apu sees Burns looking sad. He gives him a bottle of Coke. Is if I could teach the world to sing. It's either that song or it's definitely yeah. evocative. Yeah, of I think that. it is. It's just like very differently instru- instrumented. Yeah, so I think that's a pretty good. We talk about Super Bowl commercials and their obsession with being sort of epic. I found this to be epic in an interesting uh, way because it's a cartoon and it fits the it fits the scope of what the cartoon would do with a little nod to one of the fantastic ads of the past, one yeah. of the most iconic ads of the past. I kind of I thought it was good. Um, okay, next question. Before she started writing ads as Peggy Olson on Mad Men, actor Elizabeth Moss did an ad for which of these brands? Progressive Insurance, Clean and Clear, Excedrin, or Lincoln? I'm going to say Clean and Clear. I bet she would have been a young woman before. She was in the West Wing as a pretty young actor. Um, but Clean and Clear would have been a good ad for like a teenager to be in. That is exactly what I answered as well. If you have migraines, oh, you know damn it. we were wrong. And I was wrong. Her her read on this is very interesting, though. I mean, she's talking in this very like very gentle way because she might be talking to somebody with a migraine. But I feel like kind of a I don't know like a seductive way as well. Although I might be misreading that. Listen to this read. If you have migraines, you know pain. These things are for real. But you know what? So is this Excedrin migraine starts relieving migraine pain in half an hour. That's not all. Gets rid of the headache, the sensitivity to light and sound, everything. Bottom line is this, Excedrin migraine starts relieving the pain in half an hour. And if you have migraines, you know how fast that is. Excedrin migraine. You know what it is? She's doing vocal fry before everybody did vocal fry. Yeah. Yeah, she's that's doing. what it is. She's like, and and you didn't hear a lot of that back in the day. It's almost ASMR kind of in her. Just like, of course, this is a terrible quality with all that tape hiss or whatever. It looks like you found something. What have you found there? Were you googling something? I was googling something, but it's not important. It's not related to this. No. Are you just looking up? Are you making a quiz for your other podcast? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. This one is good. Charles Stone the Third's short film True was the basis of which series of commercials focused on male friendship? Was it Guinness's Basketball, Coors Light, Here's to Football, Bud Light, Between Friends, or Budweiser, Was Up? I'm sorry, could you read that whole thing again? Yes. So you have a filmmaker named Charles Stone III. Okay. He made a short film called True. What years are these from? Or like this, no year given. Okay. He made a short film named True or called True. And True was the basis of which series of commercials focused on male friendship? Guinness's Basketball, Coors Light, Here's to Football, Bud Light, Between Friends, or Budweiser, What's Up? <laughs> I really hope it's What's Up, but I'm going to guess Guinness. Genevieve? Yep. Oh, no. Sometimes it takes me a while to find the buzzer. <laughs> um, it is the short film True. And this is interesting. I just want to make this clear. 
the short film came out first. Uh-huh. And it was literally a two-minute short film that is exactly like the commercial. What, it's but just what commercial? The, was up? Oh, oh, I guess I didn't tell you. Oh, okay. Sorry, so yeah. it really was was up. Because do you remember the commercial? They they yeah. say in the commercial they say was up and they say true. Oh, do you remember course. that? I should have remembered that. Yeah. So check this out. This is the short film that got some attention at various film festivals, and it's so funny how my perspective on this is different now. I always hated was up because I knew it mostly from. Just idiots saying that all the time. They, they It was in a Budweiser commercial. These guys screaming, what's up, to each other. And then a bunch of idiots in the world screaming that at each other for yeah. like a decade, it seemed like, right? Including a guy I used to work with at a radio station. <laughs> Do you remember? You know yeah. who I'm talking about? He would fake karate chop me and then say, what's up? That's right. I didn't like it. Didn't nope. seem like proper workplace uh, behavior. However, when you realize that this started as a short film by a filmmaker who just was taking a phenomenon amongst his own friends, cast his own friends, and just made it as a short film with no commercial interest, it really changes how I look at it, and it seems like a sweet a sweet depiction of male friendship, yeah. especially in an era before we were totally talking about male friendship and the importance of male friendship. That is interesting. Sort of. I was picturing a very different kind of short film. Yeah. I was picturing something like kind of like contemplative and European, I think, and that's why I went for Guinness. Take a listen to this. You're going to think this is the commercial, but it's not. It's the short film. We see a guy sitting on his couch watching the game. I think his phone's going to ring. That Madden in the background? Hello? Yo, what's up? None, B. What's up with you? Nothing. What? What's up with you? Nothing, man. Just chilling. True, true. Oh, shit. What? It's the game. True. So what's up, B? Nothing, man. Just chilling. What's up with you? Chilling. What's up? That's his roommate in the background. <laughs> yeah, who that? Hold on a second. Yo! Yo, pick up the phone! Hello? It's just the ad. It's exactly the ad. Yeah. And it is charming. And also, it's of a, it's of a time that doesn't seem that long ago to me when people would just pick up various lines yeah. in the same house. That's now so their great. other friend is on. <laughs> 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 so I'm going to skip ahead here because it's just like a two-minute little short film. Let's see. I, I wrote down a couple of notes here. Um, it was several of his childhood friends were in there. The character sat around uh, saying, what's up? And um, it was shown and it was popular in, in film festivals around the country and then, then eventually seen by advertising executives who basically just took the whole concept and turned it into a commercial for Budweiser. So I'm going to play a little bit of um, the director here. Again, his name is Charles Stone III talking about his film. Hi, my name is Charles Stone. I'm a filmmaker and I'm the director of the short film True. True is based on a on a real, I guess you could say, situation between friends of mine who are actually in the film. It was it was It's literally as it is in the film in the sense that we and the guys are on the phone and we're saying, you know, hello, and we had this way of saying, what's up, you know? And at first it started as, what's up, but then it just slowly transformed into, you know, what's that? Hmm. <clears throat> and the thing that's funny about it is that it, it was always that. It never was something that was like, what's up? Or, you know, which is, I think, the more typical route to go with that word. And for us, it was much more distorted. And, and absurd, which a lot of our humor is based in absurdity. So I also just like the fact that it's like these guys who want to be on the phone with each other. Yeah, they don't have anything to but say. But they don't have anything to say. And, you know, when I was in high school, that was huge. Like, I'd come home from school. And by the way, you'd I'd have my school day, and then I'd go to a coffee shop and hang out with my friends for, like, hours in the coffee shop, smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee. Then I'd come home, maybe, like, make a small effort to do some homework, and then get on the phone with somebody and just talk to one of my friends for an hour or more, yeah. you know? And we lived on the phone, and I 
you know, I think with modern messaging and stuff, I don't think you have that kind of that kind of phone relationship no. amongst friends anymore. Young people, maybe I could be wrong about that. No, my understanding is they do not pick up the phone. Yeah, I, I mean, they might FaceTime or whatever. Yeah, I'm not sure, so. or they might get on a video game and talk to yeah. each other while playing the video game, which I think is actually pretty cool too. Like, I'm not I'm not casting judgment or saying that things are different, but like, we do have some adult friends who I kind of didn't realize until. Um, a few years ago that like kind of just being on the phone with each other is important. We have a friend who passed away, you know, like, you know, what, five or six or seven years ago now. Mm -hmm. And his best friend is a good friend of ours. And there was a big hole in his life yeah. when he didn't have his friend. And I know that he started reaching out to other friends and started to, to sort of naturally create this phone relationship with other friends and it would just be like oh yeah I was on the phone with you know so and so for like three hours yesterday what's up with him nah I don't know not much <laughs> yeah right <laughs> you know and that, and that and that's really special to me too um, and these for whatever it's worth were guy friends as well so anyway um, I, I just I knowing now that that is the even though the, the short film is exactly like the commercial knowing that that is the origins of it really kind of makes me rethink it, it casts the whole thing in a different light to yeah me. it is interesting i had no idea so i can't remember how many you got right and how many you got wrong but i mean you didn't ace it i'll put it that way was that all of them that was all of oh, them. i okay. think that was 10 it went by pretty quickly yeah i huh? think i got half maybe you got peggy olsen wrong you got what's up wrong <laughs> um you got kit kat right you I... got the simpsons one right yeah ridley scott you should have gotten right uh, but uh they got me with so, Selma so Louise. and so you, tricky. you 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 teased out what the issue was but then couldn't. Didn't know that Ridley Scott did Thelma and Louise. How do I not know that? Now hey, I'll never forget it. Now you're still aces in my book. Stop. All right. This next commercial I'm going to play for you is one that I found on a VHS tape from 1995, according to my notes here. Um, and it is for a, I believe, chain restaurant called Black Angus. Are you familiar with Black Angus as a, as a restaurant? Yeah, I've heard of it. Really? Mm-hmm. And again, it is Black Angus, the G doing a lot of a lot of work there. Otherwise, it implies <laughs> a very different kind of, I guess, restaurant experience. Uh, but in this commercial, and listen, this isn't super surprising. I don't want to oversell it. This is just a quick, weird, um, I guess, slice of a different era where we see some cowboy. You know, he's almost like Marlboro Manny. Yeah. And he's riding through like the, the some sort of like, you know, terrain somewhere on his horse. But it's raining and he's riding through the rainstorm and lightning is flashing and thunder is cracking ain't no little rainstorm gonna stop me from getting a black angus this month they're letting me build my own combo i can pick any tune from top sirloin grilled prawns baby back ribs chicken or golden shrimp I'm gonna build my own combo with all the fixings for just 10.99 you got a visa card. Bring it. <laughs> okay. God. I'm glad to see your reaction. I that thought was were... like, we need, you are here. We need you down yeah. here. <laughs> okay. So it starts off pretty normal. He's like, okay, you know, no rainstorm can keep me away from my black Angus. And they start showing images of the food on a grill. Very classic. You can choose from, you know, two of these, four or yeah, five, sure, whatever you listen, whatever. Surfs and, turfs. surfs and turfs on the grill. And then <laughs> the horse rears up and there's another, uh, another crack of lightning. And it looks like the lightning hits the horse and the man, yes. but it goes by really quickly, so you might not think but too it's much too of it. Intense, and that's where the like the the laughter is like ah oh, ha 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 ha. And then at the they end, they never even show him getting to the restaurant. And then suddenly at the end, we see a close up of him for the first time, and the tone is totally different. Now it's like a scene from City Slickers. He's totally charred, and literally his skin is smoking, and he's like, "Whoa, uh, I just got hit by lightning." Yeah, and that's not like City Slickers either that's too that's more intense than city slickers and then at the end they just say if you got a visa 
Bring it. Bring it. They must have some, you know, arrangement with Visa. But did Visa sign off on this? Like, <laughs> yeah, did they I think know so. that was the context in which their their name would be invoked? Because that is nuts. <laughs> their logos on that is pretty nuts, right? Yes. Okay. See, I pulled this so long ago it is, that, that is I like, can't remember if it really was. That it is seemed just like, nuts when I saw it the first time. There is like whiplash on that t- on the tone of those. I know, so right? Weird. Like what? Lightning? I just got hit by lightning. And you're right. We never even see him sit down to the meal. He says nothing going to stop him does the lightning stop him i mean he's still he's still upright you know what they should show him they should show him all charred and smoking sitting in a booth yeah with a bunch of norms then, around then him. it becomes like then then we get a little bit of a joke of it but exactly. right there's no joke here he just looks at the camera like whoa i was hit by lightning and i'm hurt. still out here in the storm with my horse <laughs> and i still haven't got my shrimp gosh everybody's talking at me I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind All right, let's check in with the Ad Council. I teed this up for you before, Genevieve. I'm going to sort of turn this into a little bit of a quiz, too, if you don't mind, but there are no points involved. Um, But Allison in San Diego sent in this email with a couple of links here. And she writes, I saw this commercial and immediately recognized it as a ripoff or maybe homage of an old commercial you previously played on the podcast. Sadly, no one else in my life was as outraged as I am about this, but I was excited to finally have something (laughs) to email you about. Well, I'll tell you what, Allison, it's not a competition, but you're winning ad council so far because this is this. This was so, as I said at the beginning of the show, astute, I think, okay. to see this commercial and then draw a connection to a commercial that we've played on the show before. I'm going to play this for you. It's for the Sunglasses Hut. We see a uh, young, youngish woman uh, in the Sunglasses Hut, and she's looking at all the options. A clerk comes up to her to ask if he can help her. Hi, can I help you? Maybe. I need a pair for a wedding, one for running, one for glamping, one for brunching, boating and tanning, and then one pair for my brother that I can steal later. Yeah, let me show you some I'd like to look at Dolce & Gabbana, Versace, Burberry, Ray-Ban, Purcell, Oakley, Costa, Michael Kors, Coach, and Ralph Lauren. Regular or polarized? Sunglass hat. Find every shade of you. Well, I see they recast John Goodman. Look at you! You retroactively won the quiz. It was for a sports shoe store, wasn't it? I couldn't uh, remember it. Was it the Foot Locker? It was for the Foot Locker, and he is a young John Goodman here. This is from 1981. Can I help you? Maybe. You see, I'm into running, tennis and basketball, soccer, baseball, racquetball, hurdling, and I need shoes. I want to look at Adidas, Brooks, Tiger, Puma, Nike, Converse, K-Swiss, Tree Torn, Saucony, New Balance, Superga, Mitre, Deodora, Pony. What size? Footlocker. It's weird American, that John yeah. Goodman looks surprised at the question of what size. Like right. He doesn't have an answer to that. Like well, that, it's like he he thought he was going to be stumping right. the guy. Yeah. So he didn't think we were getting to the sizing already. Right. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, just good great call, Allison. Eye, great, Allison. great eye, Allison. Yeah. Very. But you're totally about. right. They obviously stole the whole idea. Genevieve, I think we need to change the name of our podcast to We Have a Problem because all we get now are, and I think this is wonderful, emails and voicemails. No, I'm so happy. From listeners who want to pitch more ideas for the Geico We Have a Problem with our house campaign. I'll let Mike take it from here. Also, listen to the quality of Mike's phone line, the quality of Mike's voice. Mike, I'm sensitive about these things. Do not be coming after my job. You sound like you'd be very good at this. Hey, this is Mike from Denton, Texas, long-time listener, first-time caller. Hey, I just wanted to uh, send over to you guys an idea I had about the Geico commercial. We have a blank problem, and it also crosses over to your beefcake episode. What if we have a falling rock problem, and it's just Dwayne the Rock Johnson falling out of nowhere with people's elbows and leg drops onto different pieces of furniture? Anyways, that was my idea. I've um, been thinking about it all day. I spent <laughs> probably too many hours putting that idea together. All the best to you guys. Take we care. have a falling rock problem. I like it, And you yeah. have the rock tumbling all over the place. Yes, and I think, like, uh, so, I mean, Ro- The Rock's uh, professional wrestling background is just perfect for this, mm-hmm. right? You can absolutely picture him falling out of a tree, and it smashes 
you know, the balsa wood, you know, the, the, the prop picnic table yes. beneath the and tree. He, and he's, get, he, he's all get it up yeah. like, a, like a wrestler. He's kitted out like a wrestler. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just all these surprising things. Like they're having people over and he like, you know, he comes crashing through the ceiling or yeah. like crashing through a window, stunt, stunt-like, you know. I mean, there's all these ways in which his action movie um, cred- credentials and his wrestling credentials could be really fun. Um, and yeah, if you could get if you can get the rock for that, I think like that's a great ad. Head council, it's jingle time. Hey friends, it's listener Corinne. Um, my spouse and I were reminiscing about the barbecue sauces of our youth. And it unlocks the memory of this amazing jingle. I just love this so much. A fire's a fire's a fire. A grill's a grill. What makes that neat a culinary thrill is what you do when you barbecue. You gotta maul it. Spread that something something. You gotta maul it. Sizzle that flavor in. And when you maul it, appetites go wild. Don't face found this commercial yes and, right and those uh those instructions were very helpful um what is the britney spears one is it um just... i think she's a just a young you know she was a young actor a oh, childhood okay. i didn't actually play but it. it was for the barbecue sauce yeah, or it was just so. something else oh yeah. i see but this is the one that corinne was singing right yes. here i've never heard of malls barbecue me song. either you gotta maul it it's I so know. dark right it's just it's spelled m-a-u-l-l yeah but it is pronounced and mostly sm- spelled like the verb to maul i am just now seeing that this was posted on a youtube account called friends with condiments and that is <laughs> such a good name a fire's a fire a grill's a grill what makes that need a culinary thrill is what you do when you barbecue you gotta maul it pour that sauce on come on and maul Sizzle that flavor in. And when you it. Watch them all go wild. It. Next time, don't just baste your barbecue. Do the one thing that's sure to make it a great barbecue. Maul it. Maul it. Yeah. Don't just barbecue it. Maul it. Um, I now, I totally understand why that would stick in Corinne's head. It's a pretty good jingle. The food, I am really hungry right now. I would destroy the chicken that they're grilling up there. <laughs> it does look pretty good. Yeah, but thanks for sending that in. And also, I need to check out Friends with Condiments. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. Friends with Condiments only has 14 subscribers, but they have 51 videos. And it looks like they're all classic commercials for various condiments. Guess what, Genevieve? They now have 16 Quick subscribers. Update, 16, <laughs> because I'm gonna they were at 14. I'm gonna sign up with both of our accounts. All right. My private one and my after these messages one. This is right up my alley. I know. Maybe we can get these folks on the show or something. I just lo- only because I love the pun of their name. Suddenly they're going to be guests. <laughs> right. That's how I handle things around here. Yes. Good business sense. Good producing sense. If you guys would like to get in on the action, please call our voicemail line 607-444-5597. 607-444-5597. That's the number you can call to tell Genevieve that she's got to improve on her quiz-taking skills. You did all right. You did all right. Yeah. But we have higher expectations than all right for you, Genevieve. All right. Well, I mean, it would be very fun if I I got them all right. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Uh, You can also email us. You can email your praise to Genevieve for doing all right. (laughs) 
<laughs> at after these messages show at gmail.com. Again, after these messages show at gmail.com. Check out the um, commercials that I'm finding on VHS tapes and digitizing. Go to YouTube and search for After These Messages podcast there. And of course, join the conversation on the Facebook group where we will post all of these commercials that you saw today. Thank you, everybody. Genevieve, great job today. Thank you. Talk to you all next week. And you ain't Hoover, you suck like James Dyson. Google the devil, but I feel lucky. Extreme home makeover.